Hey y'all, thank you for tuning in to the Spilling the Sweet Tea podcast. You are listening to your Southern BFFs share their stories and create a community that spreads love and lets others know you are not alone. We hope that you enjoy the things we discuss and that you feel like you are part of something special. Let's get it started with today's episode. Okay, so we are spilling the sweet tea. I'm Memes. This is karaoke. In today's episode, our very first, so give us some grace in this. It may not be great, but we're working on it. It's brought to you from the Russell Hotel, a historic East Nashville church transformed into a -a one-of-a-kind boutique hotel. The Russell's mission is to give back to the Nashville community through their Rooms for Rooms program by donating a portion of each day to local nonprofits who are helping those experiencing homelessness, which I think is phenomenal. And you've stayed here once before. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. So Carrie, should I share your last name? No? Yes? Sure. There's probably more than one of me. So <laughs> it doesn't matter, I guess. So Carrie's last name is Russell. And for her 14th, 14th anniversary, her and her husband came here and stayed and is actually made from an old church, which is really neat. And it's got, you know, a little dolly, a little this, a little that, a little Southern hospitality, and it's very, very charming. And and I'd like to preface this. Our name, Spilling the Sweet Tea, we are not here to gossip, and we are not here to talk down on anyone. The whole meaning behind it is we are spilling the sweet tea of these two Southern mamas, wives, full-time workers, day-to-day life, and the struggles and the successes and just the things that we can share in our stories that are going to help somebody. So if you're here for some juicy gossip, you're probably not going to get it. <laughs> but once again, I'm Michelle. The memes came from a nickname that my husband gave me. He's called me Mimi since pretty much the very moment he met me. I can tell that story later. But I'm a mom. I'm a wife. I'm a mortgage lender. I love Jesus. And I decided, I kind of approached Carrie (laughs) at school pickup, and I was like, hey, we should start a podcast. And she was like, what? No, you're crazy. And I was like, no, seriously, I think we need to start a podcast. Jesus is telling me to do it with you. And how do you argue with that? (laughs) You didn't tell me that, but okay. Well, I sort of sneak attacked her. I'd already had it on my mind that I wanted to start one, and I was like, but I don't, I don't want to just sit here and talk by myself. And I feel like... I kept thinking of like, oh, who could do this with me? And I eliminated some pretty quickly because I know that this is just definitely not their thing. And I know that you said to me, like, that is just not my thing. I don't I don't want to be in the spotlight. I don't understand it. I don't listen to podcasts, blah, blah, blah. But Carrie does plays and she's very artistic and she's creative and she's kind of that other side of my brain that doesn't think of certain things. We've actually gone back and forth a few times about the name for this podcast and because we're both Enneagram sixes so it's very hard for us to make decisions. Did you ever say are you a wing? Do you have a wing? I am of the mind that you need two wings to fly. Uh I think at times I lean more into my wing five and other times I lean into my seven. (laughs) Yes I am a six. I do think the majority of the time I lean into my five. There are times, though, situationally, I become more seven in life of the party. and I can see that about you. So, Well, I agree with you that it takes two wings to fly. So my husband and I are both sixes, 
and he is a wing five, and I am definitely a wing seven. I would agree. <laughs> Very easy to pick that out. So he brings me back down to reality sometimes when I get, you know, over the top about things. But anyway, Carrie and I have a, an interesting connection in how we met, but I will let you introduce yourself. I know you don't have a lot, like, as to why you started the podcast, because I just sort of wrote you into it, but give your introduction at least. So my name is Carrie Russell, as you have already heard, and karaoke. Um, yes, karaoke. I've been married for 16 years, have three kids, boy and two girls. And they're all within three and a half years of each other. So we just kind of, you know, pumped them out back to back. Now we're living the dream. You know, they're old enough to where we can just go and do things like this. And I don't have to worry about them being at home. We are a big theater family. We love theater. We love the community that it has brought us and the friends. I don't, I don't know. I'm good at answering questions. Well, I can, I can shoot you some questions. I'm not great at talking about myself. So Carrie and I are very different in our our kid situation. So I have kids that are the same age as her kids, but then I also have a baby, which she's almost two, so she's not really a baby anymore. But I mean, I have a 17-year-old, I have a 14-year-old, I have a 10-year-old, and then I have an almost two-year-old. So Carrie sort of did everything back to back to back, and I spread it all out, but that's because my journey is very different than Carrie's journey. So Carrie and her husband tell me like how you met how you got together all that stuff so we met in high school middle school but got together in high school my junior year his senior year and been together ever since April of 2004 actually so we got married in November of 2006 I was 19 yes Mm -hmm. I was and had our first kid 18 months later and then our next kid 25 months later and our next kid 15 months later. So, yes, we just kind of, you know, I didn't really think twice about it. Now, looking back, I see people with, you know, three three and under, and I'm like, you are a psycho. Uh, you, tried, so, you tried to talk me out of it. I, you know, I didn't think anything of it at the time. I never felt crazy. I never felt anything of it. And now I see, I'm like, I've got a good friend who has a one-year-old, and I looked at her the other day, and I said, you realize if you were me, you would also have an infant right now. And oh. she was like, kill me. And I said, I feel that. Like, I can't even fathom. Like, that would look insane. Yes. I cannot imagine having another. I'm glad that Darren was very okay with, like, all right, we're having this one. We found out she was a girl, not a boy, like he wanted. Sorry, Vera, if you listen to this years from now. But I asked him, I said, okay, you know, this is my fourth baby. I'm good with being done. But I know this is your first baby, so... Are you good with being done, even though it's a girl? And he thought, he was like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm, and I said, okay. So I, I had my tubes tied when I had her. So I know people ask me, like, oh, you're not going to give him a son? I'm like, he was fine with it. <laughs> oh. Can you imagine having a five-month-old right now? Uh, no, Carrie, no. Because Vera, bless her sweet, sweet little baby face and everything, but She's a lot. Like, she's not bad. That's not it. But she needs my attention constantly. She she knows now how to walk up to me and grab me by the hand and lead me to wherever she needs me to go. Could you imagine, like, me having a smaller baby? Like, no, I couldn't do it. I just don't even understand. And it's great. So, Kristen, my 10-year-old, when she gets home in the afternoons, Vera just 
screams and laughs. And she's just so excited. She's like, yes, it's playtime. Like, she cannot wait to just dive into whatever it is. And so Kristen is such a godsend because she helps me where I can cook dinner and I can get some things done. Whereas all day, I've been chasing after Vera. And sometimes during the two hours that she takes a nap is when I really try to get my work done or the bulk of it done with my regular job as a mortgage lender. And but like yesterday, I rocked her to sleep. She fell asleep. I laid her in her bed, and then she was up. She just stayed up. So she only took like a 30-minute nap, and I was with her for the entire thing. <laughs> so being a mortgage lender, I can work from home, and so she stays with me. And she goes to Mother's Day out two days a week, which is helpful, but, it, you know, 10 hours a week is just not yeah. a ton. It's, it's definitely a trade-off having kids you know, so far apart versus together is now I don't have to worry about a babysitter, whereas you do, but I didn't have a big sister helper. Yeah. You know, so it's definitely a trade off. And, and, you know, it's what I did is not for everybody. And what you've done is not for everybody. No, so no, you know, well, but, I mean, it's, it's nice. And I honestly, I'll say things sometimes I'm like, man, we really did. We did this right. Having her so much later because we have built in babysitters, right. but then when they have sports and, cheer yeah, and, even fathom. and school functions and that we both have to be at it's like huh <laughs> this is awful mm-hmm. but and it, not that it's awful but it's just hard I had forgotten I guess about mm-hmm. that stage it's definitely of life different. like you can't sit like me at a soccer game and just enjoy it no not at all mm-hmm. <laughs> like I said you know teach their own everyone does it differently and not knocking it either way because I know that Again, I look at people in my situation and I'm like, you are crazy, but it pays off, you know, but you got to enjoy your 20s. I did. You know, I really did. And a lot of that I enjoyed with you. Yes. Yeah. So Carrie and I met via hip location That's <laughs> of, true. of our city. So <clears throat> our daughters who are both in the same grade, same age, we had never met. But did you know who I was when you saw my post? I knew you were your husband's wife, yes. Okay, okay, okay. So I, I made a post because my daughter lost her very favorite lovey in the entire world, this little pink bear that is ratted, disgusting, like precious, and she loves it, but it's awful. But So we went to Walmart, and she lost it. I had no idea what happened. I mean, I went up to the security guys up there and had them pull the cameras. I had friends go up with me and look everywhere. And we just could not find this bear. And she was distraught. I mean, how long ago is that now? Is it 2018 or 19? Yeah, it was 18. 2018. Okay. So Kristen was little. She was six. So I had to find it. Well, I put it out on hip, whatever, on the hip page, on the Facebook, on the Facebook. I went on there and I was like, please, if anybody's seen this bear, turn it into Walmart, lost and found or call me like I I need this bear back. Well, Carrie commented on it because her daughter also has a precious little lovey Mm -hmm. that is very much the same Mm -hmm. ratted and just not but they love those little things. And so Carrie I don't remember exactly what you said. Do you remember what you I said? I think probably just like, hey, I feel this. Like, I hate that you lost it because we would be devastated. Yes, yes. So I ended up finding the lovey. We went back, retraced our steps, found it in the garden section. And she had like hopped out of the buggy or shopping cart, whatever you want to call it, and set the bear on 
like a shelf in the garden section that we had totally forgotten we even went into because we didn't get anything and went in and it was still there. So we got the lovey. But Carrie, when I saw her name, I knew it because I had a childhood best friend named Kristen who passed away in 2012. She was in a really tragic house fire accident and she is kind of what brought my husband and I together. So I can go into that story another time or another episode. But when she passed, I met a lot of people and I saw a lot of people. And when I got with my husband, I started seeing like familiar names and things like that. And so when she commented on it, I knew I had seen her name before because of the church that she goes to and friends that I had met through going to that church for certain things and in particular my friend's funeral. Well, I asked my husband, I said, do you know who Carrie Russell is? And he said, yeah. And lo and behold, Carrie's husband, Cody, was my husband's life group leader back. Was Darren in high school yet or was he still in middle school? I don't know. You don't know? Okay. (laughs) He was young. He was a little filly. He is a little guy. Well, he was actually dating this friend of mine, Kristen, and was going to church with her. And Carrie was Kristen's life group leader. So I don't know what drew me to, I mean, I'm kind of a creep anyway. I'll just throw that out there. But I started to look at Carrie's page and I stumbled upon a bit of her story that just brought me to tears. They had a video on their page, and I'm going to let you talk about that part of it, and then we'll go into, like, how everything else sort of transpired. Well, I feel like that could be its own its own, its own episode as well, but snippet, my son, who is 14 now, was diagnosed with a brain tumor in his spinal cord when he was four. So we had had a – my husband's brother is in film, and he had made a video that was actually shown – um, down here in Nashville at a film festival and won a small award. But he had done a documentary on kind of his life and what it looks like to go to the hospital and get chemo and have tests run and all that stuff. So that's the video she had seen. And she had reached out and been like, oh, my gosh, you know, I cannot believe you have gone through this. And and oh, it I, think it, heart. I think at some point reached out and was like, well, we'd love to have dinner. So at that point, they lived right down the street. So it was great. Which now I guess we still live, we, Kinda, we live yeah. down the street again. Yeah. But yes, so I watched the video and I sobbed and I didn't even know these people or their children. And I just sent her a message because sometimes I get those little tugs on my heart. And so I did. I was like, I cannot believe that this is something y'all have been through. I, I'm so sorry. And, and she was, you know, super kind and responsive. She was like, oh, I appreciate it. But I could tell, too, in the video that I watched the strength in her and navigating that journey. Cause it's like a mini documentary. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's really, really special, but so then I did, I was like, let's get together. Let's meet up. You know, my husband loves her husband and there, there's a history there mm-hmm. and a past and became friends. Well, <laughs> we set up dinner and it was in December. I remember. Mm-hmm. And we're all sitting and talking and hanging out and kind of the, things I feel like I remember us talking about most was my friendship with Kristen because I I did not grow up in the same town they did I grew up just across the lake but different it's it's, right. it's different and so I was talking about our friendship and memories and stories and things like that well next thing I know <laughs> our daughters <laughs> who became 
instant friends, came downstairs to their kitchen because we went to Carrie and Cody's house. Came downstairs in zombie makeup. Yeah. Do you remember that? There's probably a picture somewhere we can attach. To this there definitely podcast, is. They came downstairs, and my daughter enjoys theater too. But now at this age, she's really gravitated to cheer, and so we've kind of gotten away from the theater life and dove into cheer. And it's just because it's such a commitment. It's hard. I don't want to stretch her too thin. Well, back then, she was doing plays, and you know, she was Chip and and Beauty and the Beast Jr., and I think that was kind of in the thick of that. So she loved dress up and mm-hmm. and make-believe and things, and, and so did Carrie's daughters. And I had never met any other kids like yours, like ones that who really yeah. enjoy that same thing. So they kind of introduced Kristen to the the fun, scary side of, like, dressing up instead of, like, oh, let's put on our princess mm-hmm. dress. <laughs> and they did. They came down with <laughs> With like dark blacked out eyes, playing like haunted house or something. I don't know. They they had come up with something. Yes, I think or haunted house became a thing after that. I know that they played it after, but (laughs) me and Carrie looked at each other like, uh, (laughs) and they were quiet. That should have been our first indication. Like, what's happening? You know, kids get quiet. There's something happening, and and they were quiet, and they were painting each other's faces to look like. (laughs) dead people <laughs> these like six five and six year old girls like dead children yes it, but they also put on like dresses that were kind of drab you know, it was it was the whole thing and the boys were just sitting in the like, video games. yeah playing video games in the den it just and all of a sudden these little dead zombie children come out around the corner and we're all like okay well that's different but all right and it was just kind of history Mm -hmm. from there and you know Carrie and I like I said she's kind of that other side of me where she's not a dreamer I think we we discovered this in talking about doing this podcast she was like I'm like hey if you offer me this this thing right here and now then I'll I'll decide right then I'm a doer I'm I'm just a doer you know like where are my doers I don't know because I don't think of things to do but if you're like, hey, let's do this. I'm like, okay, well, why not? YOLO, right? Is that a thing? Is that, did that just age myself? No, it's still a thing. Okay. <laughs> We're going to keep it a thing. Yes, we are. So I just, I had this big dream of, so my friend, Kristen, that passed away, her mom, this past year in 2022, she passed away also. But I started struggling with this kind of spiritual journey of what are my gifts? Where do I belong? Where can I execute something that I'm good at for the greater good? Well, that friend's mom that passed away, she used to always tell me that I had the gift of gab. And, you know, there's some people in my life who have made me feel like the fact that I like to talk a lot, it's not great, <laughs> which is, it's okay. But she was very encouraging and not just her. There've been other people in my life too, that have said that I just have a certain way of talking and letting them feel like they can open up and things like that. But I remember when I went to go work for a bank, which I won't say which bank, if I ever talk about a customer, I don't ever want to associate that. But I worked at a bank and her husband worked there too. And when I decided I wanted to go work there, that was what she told me. She was like, oh, you'll be so great at that. You have the gift of gab. You can talk to customers, blah, blah, blah. And then when I decided to leave retail banking and go into mortgage lending, she said the same thing. She was like, you have the gift of gab. You'll be great. At, you'll be able to help people. And, and I have a, very, a big soft spot for single moms. And she knows that. So helping a single mom buy their first home is just, there's something so empowering about that. But she was a big cheerleader for me. And I, it makes me sad for her that she was 
in such a, a deep state of sadness, you know, I want to honor her memory and her daughter's memory in the best way that I know how. And so I discovered that my gift of gab could be used to share my story. And mm-hmm. I felt like Carrie has a very good and unique story that you may not. I've got lots of stories. <laughs> I've packed a lot in these almost 36 years of my life. Yeah. So I think that this is a good creative outlet for me and for Carrie and to see kind of where it takes us and who it helps and where we'll end up. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode. So after each episode, I have decided to share some sort of takeaway, whether it's a recipe or life hack or just something that I feel will help somebody in their life or just anything to make life easier, I think is a good thing to share. So for my takeaway for this episode for you, a very dear friend of mine, Amanda Humphrey, shared with me this recipe that has been a lifesaver in the busy hustle and bustle of having older kids in sports, a daughter that takes most of my attention during the day. It's prepped in five minutes and it's done for dinner. So the Mississippi pot roast, it's kind of all the rage at the moment. Everybody's sort of talking about it. But if you haven't heard about it, the Mississippi pot roast, you get your meat, chuck roast, whatever you prefer. Amanda has recommended chicken and pork tenderloin. The chicken was great. I have not done the pork tenderloin yet, but the chuck roast is my favorite. So you literally just take the piece of meat, stick it in your crock pot, cover it with the ranch powder, a packet of that, a packet of au jus sauce, Put a stick of butter on top, which my husband is currently watching when he eats. So we have to do the vegetable oil spread, the not actual butter stick. And then about five pepperoncini peppers on top and then pour a little bit of that pepperoncini juice on top of it. Put the lid on and it cooks all day. You come home, your house smells phenomenal. And you can pair it with mashed potatoes or really any sort of potato you want and like green beans or something like that. And it is the best, easiest, time-friendly meal that you can make. So that is my takeaway. I hope you try it. I hope you love it. I hope it makes your life easier. We go to Sam's Club and buy the double pack of Chuck Rose. So we have it typically twice a week. And if there's any leftovers, which there's not usually, you can take the shredded meat and put it on buns or over rice or whatever, or leftovers for lunch or however you choose. Hello and welcome to the Spilling the Sweet Tea podcast. This is memes and karaoke uh, on the ones and twos. <laughs> what? The twos on the twos and threes. and threes? Those are the numbers of our microphones. Uh, so we are talking today about your Tawanda moment. Tawanda, well, just Tawanda moments in general. Okay. I think, you okay. Know. I am ashamed to say I have not seen fried green tomatoes, which I know gasp but it's on it's on the list that's now it's uh, here in the south that's got to be a sin well i didn't see still magnolias until like 2017 and now i'm obsessed with it okay this is six years later okay so why have you not seen green tomatoes? <laughs> i don't know but i need to get my life right so basically in the moment when something happens and you emotionally react yes 
it's it's those cathartic moments. It's it's to Wanda moments. And who's ever seen the movie, not Michelle, no, will understand to Wanda moments. You know where she backs up into the car and rams it, and she's like, "I'm older and I have better insurance." You know, it's like in the moment that was so cathartic for her. Now on the back end of that, I'm sure she had to deal with bills and money. And at that point, she didn't give any f's, right? <laughs> like she didn't care. And so I do think there's this thought I had couple years ago there's a fine line between something being cathartic and making things worse and if you can ideally you would pause before you take that action of catharsis which in webster dictionary world cathartic means providing psychological relief through the open expression of strong emotions causing catharsis right for those who in that moment before you create that catharsis catharsis (laughs) for yourself we're gonna say this word a thousand times and it's gonna get old but anyway (laughs) you know taking that pause and realizing okay is this worth it and Mm -hmm. by all means if it is go for it right and if you're willing to accept those consequences go for it Mm -hmm. you know so i think you just kind of have to keep that in mind. There's a fine line between something being cathartic and something making things worse. Yes. You know. I have struggled with that in the past. I really hold on to, I really get upset when people I care about hurt. And I tend to want to jump and save and protect and, you know, well, I can do this to them because they don't. It, it doesn't affect me, but it does. It eventually affects me, and I have done things <laughs> that I'm not proud of, <laughs> and I'm laughing because it's, like, shameful. It's not funny, but I I do. Like, I, I get very upset when I see somebody who's hurting, and I, I feel like they have no control, and they can't do anything, and they can't fix it, so I'm like, we're doing this, and I, you know, it's that ultimate hype woman in me, right. like, you deserve better, and we're and this is not okay, and I have learned to try to dial it back better because I I tend to, I, I am a bit of an emotional reactor. So, for instance, my son, he is a great kid. He really is a good kid. He's just a 14-year-old boy who is just a 14-year-old boy. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a hard, weird age, and There are times when if I hear from the school or if I, you know, he does something that bothers me, I just immediately react. And and a lot of that, I'm sure, has to do with having a two-year-old and also a busy 10-year-old and just all the, my work and my husband, all the things just heavy. But I feel like I tend to take it out on him because he's the one that's the constant, you know. There's, he's always asking for something. He's always got something going on. He always wants this. And so... This week, I got an email from his teacher who had gotten on to him during the school day that day for talking and laughing, but then in the email, she had let me know some things that had happened over the course of two weeks, and I'm sitting here thinking, you know, oh my gosh, I'm going to take his phone, and he's, his life is over, and blah, 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 like this, this and that, and then I start to reflect as time goes on that okay, how do I punish him for something right now that he did two weeks ago? Yeah, that's hard. I didn't know anything about that. So I 
I don't know. I, I just, I struggle with, I'm taking everything. This is what we're doing. This is, and I immediately place blame on him, which, truth be told, he's usually at fault. <laughs> I mean, I, I hold him accountable when necessary. I'm not the parent that's like, that's my baby, and he's an angel, and he does no wrong. I mean, he, he's, he doesn't. He's, he's not perfect, and he's not, and if, and if somebody feels that he's done something negative, there's got to be some sort of truth to right. it, so I want to hold him accountable. But the way that I have approached things is it's like all or nothing. Like, okay, you've messed up, and this is – I have a hard time weighing out the the punishment to fit the crime. It's like, all right, well, you got in trouble. And, and it, so the last – this last time, he got his phone taken up in class because it was in his pocket, and these kids were saying, oh, KJ, put your phone away. Well – the teacher never saw him have his phone out, so all she heard was these kids saying, KJ, put your phone away, and then she went up to him and asked him for his phone. He pulls it out of his pocket and hands it to her, and at that point, it went to the office and this and that. We'll come to find out she didn't actually see him on the phone, so the punishment at school was not the same, and it was just, there was a lot of moving parts to it, but I have to give the teacher grace because she is human, and she is dealing with a lot of different things I mean we can't expect teachers to be perfect and we can't expect them to fit a mold you know we just can't so I had to it took me all night (laughs) all night I made phone calls I talked to my mentor I talked to my husband I cried I prayed and I took the night and made my decision and moved forward from there but it is so hard to to stick to my guns in those cathartic moments. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I'm taking his phone for all of spring break, and I'm taking it for two weeks. Like I said, I would. This will make this will make it better. Now I have to know my kid. Like, you know, I don't even I don't even know. Well, and then back, you know, you you pop off and you say these things and you backtrack. Is that making? Is that really making it worse? Because, well, mom doesn't stick to her guns. In the long run, they're going to know that. And, they're, you know. And so, yeah, I think we have to just be careful. And I'm speaking to myself, really, at this point. Because I do, when I am angry or when I feel wrong, like, you want to, like, get back at them. And, you know, you want to have that Tawanda moment. You're like, you know what? I don't really care right now what my consequences are after yes. this because I'm doing it. And if, if we can... Find a place to take a moment and pause and, and to pray and to think and to ask questions and to get. Well, and that didn't come until hours later. Right. I, in in the first few hours of the anger of all of it, I mean, it was, it was like, you know. Right. <laughs> and if, but if we can, if we can backtrack and get to a place of asking for guidance and someone else speaking into our life and asking questions and and getting feedback from other people or even even if you don't ask anyone else but you just take the time to really go okay is this really strict you know (laughs) we might have a better outcome and you and I do truly believe you're gonna get that catharsis either way it it might just come from a roundabout you know like well and for people like you and I who are impatient right we want it then (laughs) we want this to happen and be done right I mean it's like the Carrie Underwood song where she's um 
can't think of the lyrics right now. But you gonna bust in the song? No, I'm not. I dug my key into yes. the side. Right, and so it's like <laughs> she digs her key into the side because she sees him, you know, cheating at the bar or whatever, and you're mm-hmm. like, that probably felt real good. But then if in in, in the end, if she's you know slapped with a bill, probably didn't feel great. Now again, she may have willingly took that, taken that consequence and not cared, right? But I think you have to also. If you're going to take those cathartic moments, you know, like that, and not everything is breaking the law per se or, you know, defaming property, but defacing property, but you, I don't know, we just, we just got to pause. And I'm, again, speaking to myself because I'm very impatient and I want recompense right now. (laughs) Well, kind of like when uh, people break up and take to social media to let everyone know about said breakup. They think in the moment, oh, this is going to be the the way I'm going to get back at them, and then it backfires a little bit. Yeah, but in the moment, that probably felt great. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, I'm taking, you know, I'm taking my, you know, pitchfork, and I'm, you know, leading the, the charge, and everyone's going to get behind me, and they might get behind you. Some people might get behind you for said amount of time, but then eventually it's like, mm, when things come to light and it wasn't true or you – fluffed it up a little bit like eh, was that worth it no because now your reputation is kind of ruined yes you know yes well for instance the recent events that happened in our town when Kirk Cameron Mm -hmm. came to visit the library and some of the staff of the library were very rude and disrespectful well it made national news And it really upset me that, because I know his beliefs and I know, you know, kind of the meaning behind everything, I know I got a little bit of backlash, but I did post, I cannot believe that this is what the town that I love, I have grown to love so much because of the community is going to be known for at this point. I had a few people who were in agreement with me. And, of course, that was like, yeah, yeah, you agree. But then I had a few people who commented and did not agree. And it almost gives me, like, a complex of maybe I shouldn't have posted this. Maybe I shouldn't. But I really – I wasn't trying to attack one side or the other. I was just saying I hate that this instance of not being kind – and just not being nice has gotten this far, and that is the reputation that our town holds now because of other people. So a mutual friend of ours does not support Kirk Cameron and does not like him, and that's okay. They don't have to. There's that's, That is their prerogative, and, and she knows, and she listens to our podcast, so I, I – I know that she, we've had a talk, we actually had a conversation. So she made a comment on the post about him and what he believes and that he's not a good person. And my whole stance on the post was not what he believes or what he was there for or any of that. It wasn't even really about him at all. It could have been anybody. It was just the way that he was treated. Right. Yes. And Well, and how uh, apparently the library staff conducted themselves. Yes. Again, they could have they could have a flip flop. It could have been the the opposite of an ultra conservative. And had they still been rude and ugly, it still would not have been okay. Yes. So 
some of the comments on there were, on my post, were about where he stands and, and this and that. And that's not what the point of right, my post was. Right. And so I, after she commented, it was something along the lines of, like, he's just not a good person. Well, I understand he's not a good person, but, or, I'm sorry. Well, I understand that you feel he's not a good person, and that's okay. You don't have to feel that way. I do support what he thinks, and I don't want to get into a heated discussion with you about that because you and I believe two different things. We're not going to change each other's minds, and I value our relationship to not get into that with you. So she commented something, and then I think other people commented underneath it, and I didn't want that for her, so I just deleted her comment entirely, and I messaged her, and I said, hey, I just want you to know I deleted your comment. There's no hard feelings, not because I don't respect that you have an opinion, but the point of my post is to bring to light the divisive nature of the situation, not to make more of a divide. And she said, I totally understand. She said, I honestly even debated posting my comment to begin with, but she said there was a guy that commented on your post and said, you know, all these people on this side of the political spectrum of it are this. And I had commented yes, and I, I didn't read it that way. I, I read it as, I don't even, something different. But when she said that to me, I went back and looked, and I was like, okay, I could see how that would feel like I was attacking, you know, the other side of things. So I deleted it, and I apologized to her. That is what you do. Like you, honestly, Carrie, I do not, I don't see her or speak to her as often as probably you do, but she's never been anything but nice to me, and she is supportive of this dream that you and I have. She is a big cheerleader for us, and I don't, just because she and I don't agree on something like that, as far as who he is and what he stands for, that doesn't mean I feel like she's a bad person. And right. she's the same for me. So we had a very respectful conversation. And at the end of it, we were like, okay, great. Right. <laughs> and, and we still, she, we interact with each other. We talk. And it's fine. Well, and I think that's a, that's a whole other point in itself is I think sometimes people like to take to social media with the intent of creating drama. And that, I don't like that. Like, you know, and, and – and or reading into things or making something into what it's not because again your 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 post and your heart I saw it it was just like oh I just hate that like this has happened or you know and I know there's speculation behind that too so I'm not trying to say it did or didn't I'm just saying the speculation is that it happened and so that if that's the rumor the rumor has made national headlines and that rumor making national headlines thus makes our city look poorly and so Correct. that was the point of your post. But then when people want to come on there, and really it feels like just to be divisive because they're not even speaking to the point of your post. And they're like, well, he is a bad guy. Well, that's not what I'm arguing. I, I don't care if he's good or bad. I mean, it could have been Satan himself, Hitler himself. And I'm my point is, is that he was treated poorly. Uh, speculating, okay, right? Again, his the rumor is, is that he was treated poorly. Well, there's and, video evidence of that now. And so <laughs> we don't. My point was that I didn't want that to look bad on our town. And yes. so I wouldn't want it to be like, well, our town, uh, you know, treated 
Hitler poorly. Like, ideally, I mean, not that he wouldn't deserve it, and I think we can all agree on that. But (laughs) my point is, just like your point was, we don't want our city to look bad. And she was very understanding of that. Like, she can, and I told her, I said, you are entitled to believe and feel however you want. I think my frustration is when people, again, jump on post or post intentionally to create a shitstorm. My apologies. Um, and or comment and completely miss the point of what you're saying. You're like, I, you are, again, entitled to your opinion, entitled to your point. That's great, but you're talking apples, I'm talking oranges. Yes, and I, I am just not the type to take to social media to start an argument. And so I really try and keep how I feel about things to myself, which, you know, people who are close to me are like, well, why, why don't you get to say anything? Why can't you? Because I don't want to fight with people. If you want to have a sit-down conversation and me explain how I believe, great. I'm not going to go back and forth with you in comments on posts because it, it stresses me and gives me anxiety, and I am not willing to compromise my relationship with somebody over back-and-forth messaging. Right. And I, I understand, like, it happens, and sometimes it's needed. And sometimes you feel like, hey, because I don't believe in what you believe in, I don't appreciate you coming for me for that reason. Like, because I don't support this cause fully and put my all into it, or however, I understand defending yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, if somebody says, well, you're not right because you don't do this, well, not necessarily. So I don't know why you're making me feel bad for not supporting this thing that you so wholeheartedly support. Like, for instance, trying to figure out my calling. I am not the one to go overseas and provide medical care to people or orphans and things like that. Like, that's just not my calling. There are so many wonderful people in my life. I have a very dear friend who I plan on having on this podcast at at some point. Her name is Kinsley. She owns Agape to the Nations. I it, it's a nonprofit that helps support medical care and and building homes and things like that for those in other Let me countries. Stop you real quick. Okay. I do think that should be a whole separate episode in itself. Okay. Because I feel like Yeah. We could make that well, just callings. Right. Callings and supporting each other in our callings, but also not calling each other out for not supporting okay. our own. Like, because, again, that whole argument, like, well, I didn't see you showing up to every cancer thing I put right. on. You right. You know, like, but I don't think you're against me doing it. Yeah. And I don't think you're not a supporter. It's just we, c- we can't be at everything. We can't put our money to everything. We'd be poor. Yes, correct. Okay, so... I don't even know where I could go back and change that. I mean, I can take it all out, but, like, where I don't know where I stopped to where the segue there. I would just jump back on, like, just, you know, keeping in mind, like, thinking before we do things, even if we feel like it'll feel, it'll make us feel good. Like. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, we'll take that back. I guess what I'm trying to say is before we jump on somebody, because we feel like saying our piece and putting out there what would make us feel better because we said it or because we did it or because in that moment, you know, the adrenaline is pumping and it's, you know, 
immediate gratification, there are long-term effects of those cathartic moments that could take that just little cathartic moment and take away from it and really right again I think we have to place we need to get to a place where we can all just pause and and weigh it out kind of thing and again there are some things by all means girl you do you do that right (laughs) if you need to do it if you need to send that email (laughs) and you're willing to accept the consequences assuming they're not life or death just send that email okay send that email throw that egg okay (laughs) you know but but not everything is that simple, and not everything mm-hmm. has, like, that little of a consequence. And so I do think there are times where, you know, would I love to Tawanda someone in the parking lot? Absolutely, mm-hmm. because driving makes me angry with humanity. But I don't have that kind of cash flow yeah, to pay for someone's automotive deal. And, <laughs> you know, they're, they're – Automotive uh, deal. Whatever. <laughs> I don't have the money – to fix their car and I don't have the money for my insurance to go up right so I am going to I'm gonna pause yes and I'm just gonna drive past and grit my teeth well when I got married to my ex-husband 17 years old he was 19 we had no business getting married that's another story for another episode and you know what I think I might have him on here one day (laughs) I think he would do it but anyway in that marriage by the time we were divorced we had been married for five years and it was five years of just ups and downs, highs, lows, roller coasters. It was crazy. But we were young. Well, when he would do things that were not great, my immediate reaction was to flip out in whatever that meant in that moment. I had had our son, and he, you know, was little. And within a year, so hormones, crazy, and we, Kenny and I just, we didn't have that respect, I guess, so it was a lot of drama, a lot, a lot, a lot of drama. I was very skinny <laughs> from all the stress, so, you know, when you look at me and I'm puffy now, I'm happy, <laughs> but, I mean, there are times when I had done things that I was not proud of, broken things. Right. You know, but breaking things. that vase probably felt real good in the moment. Oh, it did. It did. Like, it really did. But then I'm like, now I gotta clean this up, and I gotta make sure I get every shard of glass to where my son doesn't. And if you didn't, and then he gets hurt, like again, our actions have consequences. And I, again, I'm gonna reiterate: by all means, if you're willing to accept those consequences and they don't impede on someone else's life, then fine. But you know, just you just gotta think through some things. Yes, and I have gotten a lot better about that, of sitting, thinking, praying, dialing it back. I used to be the type that would engage in social media arguments. Yeah. Like, me and Aaron Carter got into a Twitter feud one time, RIP. The real Aaron Carter? Yes, <laughs> Brandy will tell you. <laughs> I don't even remember what it was about. I don't. This is like... 2010, you know, it was forever ago, but I, it I felt good then. It did, I, and, and I now didn't it's a funny story, and it's so that's okay. It is. Right? She'll she'll occasionally be like, "You remember that time that you got in a Twitter fight with Aaron Carter?" <laughs> and then like when he died, she, she I know that is a very sad story. I really hate that for him, but 
when he passed away, she was like, oh, my gosh, did you hear about Aaron Carter? And I was like, no. She was like, do you remember that time that you got in a Twitter fight with him? And I'm like, that's what if he remembered that? <laughs> no, he didn't. But I don't know, maybe. But And it really it was silly and dumb. But maybe, I, maybe we should, like, find our catharsis in, like, tubes of edible cookie dough. You know? Yes, or, like, just get puffier. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, you know, maybe a glass of wine, not the whole bottle. You know, I mean, you know, we got to find – we got to split the difference, you know. I think now my catharsis is in my tears, truly. Ugh, no. Oh, I I just had this conversation with my friend Jessica that lives in Memphis about, she. we were Marco Poloing, and she said something about, I just don't know, like, I feel like I just need a good cry. So I told her she struggles with watching the, the Elvis movie to the end because it's just the saddest part. And I was like, you just watch Elvis and then watch the end. And just cry. I I am a firm supporter of the good cry. Where are my non-criers? <laughs> Can we raise our hands? Because my hand is very high right now. I don't want feelings. I don't want tears. I don't want emotions. I don't want my armpits tingling. Like, I don't want any of it. Go away. I don't really know where I am. I really, honestly, I think I'm, for the most part, super chill. And I just, I kind of wish I'd find, find cleaning cathartic. Because I, I mean, I would just never stop cleaning. Yes. But, you know, I don't. I think, no. if anything, my I would say my coping skill is just shutting down and zoning out, whether it's through TikTok or taking a nap. Typically, I, I just go to sleep. I'm like, whatever. I, F this. I'm, I'm done. And well, the crying exhausts me, and then I want to go oh. to sleep. Oh, and your eyes are burning. I hate <laughs> it. And people look at you like, don't look at me. You know? <laughs> i tell you about the only thing that makes me cry, like, on the reg, anytime is is a Disney movie. I mean, Frozen. Oh. I can't get through Frozen without crying. Frozen one or Frozen two? Frozen one. Okay. Yeah, I can't. I mean, it's like really. Whoo, yeah, man. I mean, I'm like my mom and my sister. Uh, maybe both sisters. I'm not sure, but I know Carly and my mom and I went and saw it. I think with the girls. I don't. I don't remember. I remember being in theaters though. We went and saw it, and I think my mom was to my left. But I remember like barely. Y'all can't see me right now, but Michelle can, and I'm just like. <laughs> I'm barely, barely, you know. Bit. Hang on, let's do this. Okay. <laughs> just barely tapping my tears because I didn't want anybody knowing I was crying. Like, I just don't. I mean, I am a little better about letting people know I cry. Like, if we are watching something and Finley looks over at me and I'm like, uh-uh, I don't. You know, like, I call her out. I'm like, you be the one crying about a dog dying, so don't even Oh, yeah, me. my kids are like, are you crying? Right. Yes. And then Cody, we, we were watching, oh, my gosh, we were watching – Oh, that movie on Netflix. Um, dang it, what was it? It was a comedy, and then it ended sad. And I was, he was like, are you back there crying? He was in front of me laying down. And I was like, yes, I was not emotionally prepared watching a comedy to cry at the very end. So I will own it a little easier, but I really don't like doing it. So I just like to push my feelings down deep. So, but I will say in the moments that I have been like, raging angry which are very rare for me i'm not a i'm not a super i'm also not a violent angry person i don't punch my steering wheel i'm not i'm not anymore i never have been maybe i will be one day i'm not right now but in the moments that i have been like full of absolute unadulterated rage i like to like funnel my catharsis into like being smarter than the other person and just like you know there's that tiktok girl one i think she's a nurse and she's like you know, non-lethal ways to ruin people's days. I like doing that kind of thing. Like, 
I'm not going to get in, like, legal trouble because I'm smarter than that. <laughs> but I am going to definitely ruin you and or your day. <laughs> that's how I funnel my rage. And my and fe- I find catharsis in it. Because, again, that's where you're splitting the difference. You're getting that need out to, like, you know, revenge. But you ain't know you know you're not going to go to jail afterwards for it. So it's a win-win. Well, I tend to... When I, when I feel that way and I'm like, I want to ruin your day or I want to make you feel like crap, I tend to say things that may, I may or may not regret, but I would say, I, w- I tend to say things that are harsh. And whether I feel that person truly deserves it or not, I'm not going to work myself up into a rage like, I'm just going to ignore you. Yeah. I, I, I could care well, less. Well, and I will say hitting, you know, the other side of 35. In your 30s, you do, like, kind of chill out a little bit. And, mm-hmm. like, not everything as is as infuriating. And you don't feel the need to get in, get in on a Facebook argument. You don't feel the need to rage out. You don't feel the need to, you know, be catty as much. I mean, it's still there. We're women. And, I mean, it's always there. But it's just not – we've got better things to do. Well – in, in a story I spoke about a couple of episodes ago about a friend who had gone through a breakup, the girl reached out to me and said some really ugly, nasty things to me that, all because I defended him, that <laughs> were comical, honestly. Um, so when I read them, I just laughed. And, and Whereas before, probably 15 years ago, me, I would have texted her and let her know about herself and said my piece and told her all the awful things that I felt about her. No. Yeah. <laughs> it okay. ain't worth okay. my time. Whatever. Like, think what you're going to think. Yeah. You can. And sometimes that's cathartic, though. Letting it go and just, like, not caring. You're like, eh, whatever. Which is, is, that is growth for me. Because, okay, same thing. I thought, is it, I thought it cut off after 30 minutes. Still going. It is still going. Okay. And that is growth for me because I used to really enjoy, like my friend Brandy that I was talking about, back in the day, she had a situation where a girl hurt her and, or she was hurt by a situation and I opened my mouth and I, and I went to the girl and I let her know that she was not good for hurting my friend and my friend was innocent and this and that. And Brandy got mad at me for it. She was like, Michelle... I told you this in confidence. I didn't want you to say anything. I just wanted you to listen to me. And then I felt bad for it later. And there there were reasons behind why she was upset with me for it. She's just not confrontational at all. Um, she she just doesn't have that fight in her, and that's okay. She's 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 got her opinions, and and she will vocalize how she feels about things, but she's not going to fight with you about it. Whereas back then, I was like, oh, no, I'm about to put this girl in her place. I cannot believe she blah, blah, blah. And it backfired. It did backfire. It backfired on Brandy, and then it backfired on me because Brandy was upset with me. She didn't ask me to go say anything. And if I would have told her I was going to go say anything, she would have told me not to. And you knew that. That's why you didn't say anything to her. That's right. (laughs) Brandy, I love you. (laughs) Which, by the way, Brandy's getting married this year. Woo! I'm so excited for her. Um, But it's just, it's one of those things that with age and with growth and with time, I have had to come to terms with 
this is not, it's okay to speak up about things that you believe in, but fighting with everybody that you know and, and getting on these internet, you know. Just because it feels good. You're yeah. Like, mm. it's, it's a momentary decision that you think is going to be okay, but then has re- repercussions right. later. I also think, you know, going back to growth, like I'm thinking about a friend uh, kind of walking through a divorce right now. And, you know, speaking of divorce in general, on either side of the party, I would imagine with most divorces, either party has tons of things they could do mm-hmm. to get back at, you know, and it would feel so good, mm-hmm. right? And I think, you know, about about growth and about how, like, being in your mid-30s versus 20s or, you know, whatever, and I'm sure it gets better from here even in your 40s, but she's just kind of walking through it like, it is what it is. Totally good for her. Totally cool, calm, and collected, like, has no interest in, you know, sticking it to him, has no, like, it's just like. No, Ruining I mean, his reputation. Right. Like, it's just like, you know, we're just. We're just done. Yeah. You know? And I think that's okay. And I think that's 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 beauty. And I think again, I think even in even in that she is so content, like that is where she finds catharsis because yeah. she's just like, it feels really good to say, Not my circus, not my monkey. Right. And not every breakup divorce right. thing is is like that. You know, you have situations where there's one person who wants out and the other person who is blindsided or didn't want right. out or, or however, and it's hurtful. Right. But I'm, yeah, I'm not knocking it. Again, if you feel the need, <laughs> you know, I'm not knocking it. I just, I think there are so many ways to look, look for those cathartic moments. And, and there's so many ways to find that peace, whether it is to Wanda in someone's car <laughs> or it's just being at peace with where you are. I think it just is so individual and, depends on where you are in your life that I think again I think ultimately as long as we're just kind of stopping and pausing and is this really what's best right right I agree well that I think that was good I like that a lot talking about because I I I am I have come from a place of where I used to immediately emotionally react and explode and and think that doing this is going to make things better and it doesn't and I'm glad that that's not my stance like I I don't want to have beef and issues with people in general yes training it is I love people I just do like I thrive in community and my son is the very same I I don't want to hurt people. Now, going back to that episode from before, if y'all think I'm too much, that's okay. If I'm not right. your cup of tea, that's okay. But I'm not going to fight with you about it. Period. So. All right. <laughs> maybe listening to this was cathartic for you. Yeah, maybe it was. And, you know, we're not the experts. We're, no. not, we're not here to tell you what to do and what way to channel that. Uh, yeah, if you need to key someone's car, go for it. But again, <laughs> I don't wait, encourage that. Weigh out your 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 um, consequences. You know, I mean, you got the money to pay for that lawyer. Uh, if you do, go for it. You know, I mean, yeah. whatever. I don't. <laughs> I don't either. So I've never keyed a car. <laughs> I mean, no, I haven't keyed a car either. Mm-mm. But uh, 
and in that moment last night when I was dealing with my things with my son, I, I reached out to my resources. I reached out to my mentor, a friend, a counselor friend who does it for a living, another friend who actually works for the school who knew what was going on, and then my son's math teacher who is a dear friend of mine to talk about this because I'm an Enneagram 6, so I struggle with making decisions. I I need those resources and those people who've been there, and that that is what works for me, talking things out, getting it off my chest, breathing, and understanding that it's not, the building is not on fire. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. <laughs> that is what helps me. And you got to figure out what works best for you. Because right. I don't really know what works best for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still working on that. That's okay. We can revisit that in about a year <laughs> and see if we figured it out yet. But, well, we appreciate you listening. Uh, follow, like, subscribe, feedback, all the things. We would love to hear what you think, what your cathartic reactions and things that you do to make situations, uh, no, your cathartic reactions and how you decompress and how you handle situations. We would love to hear your theories and your thoughts and your ways of doing that. Yeah, are you out there keying those cars or are you (laughs) eating a tube? tube? I almost said lipstick. Don't, I mean, I (laughs) guess if that's your thing, but. Are you eating a tube of cookie dough? You know, <laughs> what are you doing? What's a tube of cookie dough? Well, you know, like the log. Of cookie dough? You've never seen the log. It's oh, very long. okay. I thought you were trying to say a tub. No, a tube. <laughs> really? <laughs> a tube. Is that not called a tube? Yes. A log, I guess? A log? Yeah. Yeah, no, I guess you're right. <laughs> Make that the image for the this episode. Okay. T- tube of Tube of cookie dough. Done. Okay, are you eating cookie dough or keen cars? Which one are you doing? <laughs> we want to know your Tawanda moments. Or are you doing a good cry? Or, yeah, I mean. I have a list of movies that you can watch to give you a good cry. Listen to Unchained Melody and you're done. <laughs> Stop looking at me like that. Frozen. <laughs> okay, well, thank you guys so much. We appreciate all of the support. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Spilling the Sweet Tea with Memes and Karaoke. Today, we are talking about passions and not those types of passions. <laughs> it's funny because right before I started talking and wanted to record, I said to Carrie, How should I start this? Because I feel like every episode is like, Hello. And she said, we could talk about blah, blah, blah. I said, what if I say, hey, let's talk about passion. She was like, why are you not saying it like that? (laughs) In your 900 voice. Well, this is about our passions in where we serve. So where we feel like we are needed the most, our calling, I guess, if you will. So I feel like in my journey of finding God's purpose for me and what my calling is, there are things I have ruled out. And it's okay that I've ruled these out. It is just not where I am 
called to. So I have a very dear friend. Her name is Kinsley. She owns a nonprofit called Agape to the Nations where they go to other countries and they serve and they build buildings, schools, homes. They provide medical care, things like that. As much as I think that mission is wonderful and I applaud and commend her for her heart in that, that's not my calling. Foster care, fostering children, and adoption, that is not my calling. I have enough children. <laughs> and But my calling in my home and where I'm at, and who knows what the future may hold, but where I'm at, I am ministering to my own children to maybe one day be those people, and maybe that will be their calling. Our church is going on a mission trip to Haiti, I have to edit that out. Where is that mission trip at? I don't know that it's Haiti. Maybe it is. You can just say you're going on a mission trip overseas. Okay. So our church is going on a mission trip this summer overseas, which my kids are too young to be able to go on that yet. But maybe one day it's kind of spearheaded by the guy that's over the youth. So that may be a passion of my kids one day. My passion, I feel like narrowing it down is teen mothers, law enforcement families, and that's pretty much the two things that are what lay on my heart most of all. I've gotten involved with the youth ministry at my church, so I go Wednesday nights and I sit with the middle schoolers and do, you know, conversations and things like that with the kids that are there. And then anytime there's an opportunity to give back to a law enforcement family, I'm about it. So a few years ago, we had a local police officer tragically pass away on duty during a call and he left behind a wife and daughter. Well, I am married to a police officer. So, of course, the thoughts run through your mind of, oh, my gosh, what if this was mine? What if this happened to my family? So, my heart broke for them. I had never met this family in my life. I had met the officer a few times because of my husband, but I had never met his wife or daughter I was at Disney World when it happened, and I ended up in a group message with several of the wives of other police officers trying to rally together and do things for this family. Well, somebody said, does anybody have a connection to characters, you know, face characters for an event we can do for this officer's daughter? I made one phone call, and it was done. I have a friend who owns a business, Character Visits for You. Her name is Elizabeth. I called her or texted her and I said, hey, this is what's going on. These wives are trying to put something together for this daughter. They ended up renting a movie theater, which I think if I remember correctly, the movie theater did not charge them for it. I don't, I don't remember, but to do a showing of the new Frozen movie, Frozen 2. So they gave me the date, the time. I called Elizabeth and I said, hey, this is what's going on. 
are you able to help? She said, yep, absolutely, no charge. She had Anna, Elsa, and Olaf all there. Oh, I got chills thinking about it. Mm. But she had them all there, and there were police officers with their lights going. They took all the kiddos outside to show them that Anna and Elsa and Olaf were there. The police officers were there. And it was a, a very wonderful thing that all these wives and you know, people in the law enforcement community came together to help this family, give this little girl something to do while her mom is grieving and trying to figure out the next steps. I mean, this is pre-funeral. The next right thing. Then, Yep, the next right thing. And Frozen 2 reference. <laughs> so those things, and while I was at Disney, I went to a, a hat store, and I went to go buy Disney hats for the mom and daughter. Well, Disney Magic, Pixie Dust, whatever you want to call it, they ended up giving me the two hats and one for the dad with his badge number and name on the back of it, totally free. So those stories are what helped me. And actually, my friend Carrie here, who had no ties to this family or to the law enforcement community, you did have a, or you do have a dad who was once a police officer, so you have a connection, but other than having friends who were police officers, no ties. She organized an entire group of women, and some men came, to make bows, black and blue bows for people to hang on their mailboxes, cars, wherever they wanted to put it, to, we, we made all the bows and we sold them to raise money to help this family. I think you ended up making... Oh, it was a couple of thousand bows we made. It was insane. We raised, I don't know, I mean, people gave over, obviously, but it was like $6,000 for her, mm-hmm. you know? And and I think, too, more so, it was also like, yes, money for her, but also for our guys, you know, our police officers in our city. Awareness. To that, that they are loved. And so when you drive by a street full of mailbox bows, like, you know you're thought of. You know that you're mm-hmm. cared for, you know, so that... I just wanted a visual visual representation that their city had come behind them to yes. kind of, you know, wrap their arms around them. And I think that community involvement and people just wanting to be part of something is wonderful. So those things tug my heartstrings, pull me in, and then because I had not one but two teen pregnancies, any opportunity that I get to share my story, I feel like is ministering to people who don't truly understand when that happens. Cause it's very easy for people to say, Oh my gosh, Michelle got pregnant and she's only 15 years old or she's only 17 years old. It's easy for people to talk and say things. And I really have not had a opportunity. I really have not had an opportunity to share my story directly with a teen mom or take it somewhere that I feel like it's really, really helping. But now that I no longer walk in shame and I feel like sharing my story is beneficial and helpful rather than embarrassing and and not embarrassing for my kids. My kids are wonderful, but for me to have made the choices that I did you know, I, I was afraid of what people would think. Well, now 
you can think what you want. I got some beautiful children who are wonderful and amazing, and I came out on top. So we'll share that another day. But those things are, well, I went to this last weekend an event that my church holds it's called If Gathering, which the actual gathering is in Texas. And if you want to go, you can buy tickets and go. But my church hosts a virtual feed of the event where we are fed and we all are together. And, and it's two days worth. Well, I'm sitting at a table. Out of all the tables in the church that I sat at, I sat at this table. And I met a girl who is over the teen mom ministry of the Young Life ministry. It's like a ministry within a ministry. So it's Young Life, and this is Young Lives within it, and it is totally geared towards the teen moms. And they are, it's kind of new and fresh, and they're starting, you know, these different things, like they're having baby showers for these girls, and they're having camps for these girls where there's child care, and they can learn about the Lord and have some time off and like pedicures and spa day and things like that. If there was something like that for me when I was that age, oh my gosh, that, I mean, that's huge. So I sat down and I started talking about my story a little bit. I don't even know why I started talking about it, but she just fixated on me and was like, you're kidding. And I said, no, (laughs) not a joke. She said, this is the ministry that I'm over in young life. I would love to talk to you. I would love for you to be part of this. There's a benefit in a few weeks um, that I'm going to go to just to get involved and and see kind of what that community is about. And I think that that will pull me to get more involved with this ministry and use my story for good and, you know, show people that it's not the end of the world. Your life is not over. It's not a death sentence. It is what you make it. And you can be okay. Now, am I here to encourage teen pregnancy? Absolutely not. I preach in my house all the time. You do not want to have a child when you're a teenager. Wait. Enjoy your life. Do all the things. But if it happens, listen, if it happens to one of my daughters, it's going to crush me. Or son. Or son, yes. It, okay, I'm going to cut that out. If it happens to any of my kids, it will crush me. It will hurt my spirit. And I will feel so deeply for them. And I cannot sit here and say how I will react. You don't know how you're going to react until you're in this situation. You just don't. But I know what it's like. And I've been there. And I'm very honest with my children about my journey and my story. And now that we have a little two-year-old running around in the house, it is very easy to say, hey, that's what you get. Yep. <laughs> you, you, uh, you play games. That, that's what could happen. And they're like, oh, gosh, no. No, thank you. <laughs> so I feel like I'm, I'm on a journey to helping those things that I'm passionate about both the law enforcement community and the teen pregnancy, teen mom community. And I'm excited about that. But I also know that not everybody stands behind those two things and that there are other things that they're passionate about. And 
Carrie has a different passion than I do. Right. So, like, my son, I mentioned before, has a brain tumor. And, you know, so obviously I'm very passionate about childhood cancer research, loving on kids with cancer, helping parents pay bills when they're, you know, in the hospital and can't work. All those things that come with a childhood cancer diagnosis. Like, I am your girl. Uh, me and another friend, Christy, who unfortunately her son at that, uh, a couple years later after mine was diagnosed with leukemia. We banded together, made an organization, pay bills, all the things, right? We're very passionate about it. I'm also, I am also passionate about the police community, even though I don't have any actual direct ties. You have a lot of police friends. Yes, I do have a lot of police friends. I really have a very large justice bone in my body. I, I can't help it. Um, I love that about you. And <laughs> I, my dad was a police officer when I was younger. So, you know, I grew up kind of, I don't want to say around that community, but that was just a very big emphasis in our lives. Like, you know, just I think anyone knows that they grew up with, if they grew up with a police dad or a military dad, you kind of know that life. And that was kind of my life. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm very passionate about those things. You know, I'm also very passionate about, um, you know, my little my little behavior babies that I have in, in class and, and wanting to see them do good and, and reach their potential. So, you know, I think we all have, we all have these passions. I, I love animals, though I, I can't adopt every animal. I mean, like, <laughs> I have three dogs in my house now because we're keeping one of my parents' dogs for a while. You're like Lynn. And it's, it's nuts, you know. Lynn, my friend that I've spoken about in these episodes who's... My older friend, she lives on 10 acres, and she tends to take in all the animals. Right, and if I had 10 acres, I wouldn't think twice about it. <laughs> but I have a 1,500-square-foot house with a, a decent-sized backyard, but still cannot have all the animals. I just cannot do it. You know, five people plus three dogs, three cats that don't really come inside, that's enough. It's probably too much. So, you know, we have our passions and, and our, I don't want to call them soapboxes, but, you know, our things that, that we want to shout from the rooftops, like, Hey, I'm I'm having this, you know, can't childhood cancer rally. Everyone come and donate money and and have fun and enjoy yourselves and learn about, you know, how the government doesn't fund childhood cancer research. There's a plug. So, but not everyone can come. You know, not everyone can Mm-mm. not everyone It's kind of like when you're asked at Coles or you're asked wherever else, everywhere, I feel like you want to make McDonald's. Right, like do you want to donate a dollar to this? I would love to, but if I gave every dollar I had away, mm-hmm. I'm not serving anyone, mm-hmm. right? Just like I would love to feed everyone. If I gave every crumb that I owned away, I can't, I can no longer feed anyone, mm-hmm. including myself or my children. And mm-hmm. so I think we have to be careful when we get so passionate about something that we start kind of laying guilt on others. Yes. Because they don't share the same passion or you know show up or donate and just because someone doesn't show up or donate also doesn't mean they're an enemy correct it just means that that's not their passion and that's okay and Mm -hmm. and and I don't have to share your passion to also be a cheerleader for you Mm -hmm. you know I can sit in this chair and and cheer for you all day long when you go minister to teen moms I have no business ministering to teen moms I was not one now could I love on them and and tell them that motherhood is beautiful absolutely and I would but that's not where I feel like 
all of my time needs to go because I'm just so passionate about it and I want to speak into the lives of, that's just not what God put in my heart. And that is perfectly okay. And that's fine. Okay. Just like not everyone is a missionary. Not everyone, not everyone. And it's funny because I do remember having this thought younger when I was probably a teenager, like, oh my gosh, how could you, how could you ever be a nurse and watch kids die? How could you ever be a pediatric Mm. nurse? Right. And I can tell you, like, I, I, I could now. Unfortunately, I've yeah. seen it. I've lived it. I, I could do it. But not everyone, not everyone is called to work at a funeral home. I know, no, I could not. Oh, my friend Randy mm-hmm. Nash, he is a funeral director. And I, Darren and I have talked several times about how we just could not do that yeah. job. And he does it. I have seen him. I've seen him in his role a few times and he just does it so well and with such grace and poise and he was made for it right really and, I, and I was not like I did not even see my own grandparents in their casket because I don't want to yeah. period I don't want that to be my last thought and so you know God just didn't put that in me I'm I am not a mortician I'm not a funeral director and not everyone's called to be a, a, a cancer a pediatric cancer nurse not everyone's called to do everything like we we can only be pulled in so many different directions mm-hmm. and our money can only go so far and so I feel like if we start like well you know putting posts out there in the world or you know having conversations with people like over coffee that like I just really feel like I just wish more people would adopt I just really wish people more people would get out there and you know rescue animals like we can't all do everything right you know I I do not have the house set up for any more animals. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, and it doesn't mean or, you don't... Or children. It doesn't mean you don't love them. Right. It just means that that's just not what you're called to do. It's not what you feel like you're led to do. It's not what you feel like you were put on this earth to do. However you want to look at it. We just can't do everything. And, and, and I don't... I hate the idea that people get... People start getting so passionate, and I don't know that they mean to do it. I'm not trying to say that people are out there waking up in the morning going, I can't wait to make people feel crappy. I don't <laughs> think they're doing that. But I think we just get so caught up and so passionate about something that it's like, well, you didn't show up to that night that we were making police posts, so you must hate police officers. Right. No, they just might have been busy that night. Right. Or maybe that's just not their passion. They're like, you know what? I'm going to let other, someone else shine. I'm going to let someone else step into that role. And do it well because they're passionate about it. Where I might just kind of half-ass it, right? And Mm so we've got to be careful that we don't get so wrapped up in our own passions that we start calling out others that don't share those passions. I agree. I know that a lot of people would not want to back or support teen pregnancy, teen mothers, things like that. And And I get it. I get it. It's not an ideal situation. But it happens. And we can't just turn a blind eye to the fact that it happens. And I feel like using my story, if it helps, then I did something right. And that's what God has put on my heart is to not walk in shame and use my voice and my story to help someone. And, I mean, I have several different stories. I've, I've been divorced and, like I said, teen pregnancy and single mom, things like that. But, and and I talk about those things with people. And I feel like sometimes it's helpful. But 
if I can share my story, help someone, then that's great. And that's what my, my focus is. I don't care that you don't minister to that demographic of people. Right. You know, and I, I think, too, I think the idea, and, and don't get me wrong, you can be passionate about something you didn't walk through. Absolutely, right? Like, again, I am not a police officer. I'm not married to one. I don't even have family members currently police officers, and I still have a heart for it. So by all means, go be passionate about whatever it is. But I do think there is validity to, to people that are passionate about things they have walked through. There is a real passion there, right? Mm-hmm. Like. I mean, I, don't, I would never expect you to understand what it was like to walk in my shoes to hear that your son has a brain tumor, right, and has right. to have surgery, and they woke up paralyzed, and all that stuff. Like, you will never know, hopefully, God willing, will never know what that's like. Just like, at this point, I will never know what it's like to be a teen mom. I'm no longer a teenager. And so, I would never expect, also, the level of passion that you would have for it. Now, would you show up to an event I put on? Absolutely, because you care for my son, and you care about me, and, and that's beautiful. Yes. But would I ever expect you to have that same level of passion probably not you don't know what it's like in september i put a gold bow on my mailbox you know for brooks right and so you know something else i'm passionate about is marriages and healthy marriages and boundaries in marriages and someone that has never walked through what i've walked through or been married as long as i've been married and married since i was 19 and you know done all the things like someone that has just had this beautifully blissful marriage does not have the same experience that I have. I could never expect them to want to speak on, you know, walking through the mud of a marriage at some point because I've never been through it. Well, and I can't imagine what having your first child having a brain tumor puts on your marriage. and. I would never even pretend to. Right, but I can't get mad at you for not wanting to have any part of, you know, coming to a class that I might speak at or even, you know, mentoring someone. Like, I I just, again, I just think we just have to really be careful. And I don't want to say stay in our lane, but just have respect for others and realize that, like, hey, like, not everyone is called out or put on this earth to do the exact same things you did. Like, right. Like adoption's a big thing. Cause I know that people are very passionate about adoption and that is a very beautiful thing. Yes. Surrogacy, another very, a very big, you know, hot button issue because it, it gives people families, mm-hmm. you know, and I think it's very beautiful. At this point, I think I'm probably too old and I had C-section, so I don't know <laughs> that I would risk it, but I do. It's a very selfless right. act. And I also know myself well enough to know that I probably would have a hard time giving that baby up because I just love being pregnant and I love the babies. Yes. And so I know that that's probably not what the Lord has called me to do. It's definitely not what the Lord has called right. me to do. And so <laughs> I've had plenty of While those, both of those things, adoption and surrogacy, are beautiful, wonderful blessings in this world, we can't all be doing it. Right. You know, and I, and, and just because I don't adopt a child, just because I don't give you my money to adopt a child, doesn't mean I'm not for you doing it. By all means, if you can pull it off, absolutely. You give that child a home. And I think too, so let's just say for instance, like what you were saying, if you spoke somewhere about marriage, if you called me or text me and said, Hey, I'm speaking 
and I would really love it for you to be there, then I'm going to do everything in my power to be there for you and be your cheerleader. Do I need whatever it is you're saying? Probably not. Maybe. I don't know. But if you want me there, I'll be there. But if you were to just put it out on social media, like, hey, I'm speaking at this event, you know, come if you can. I don't know that I would come. I don't. And I don't think you would be mad at me if I didn't, unless you were like, hey, I would really love it if you were there. It would make me feel better if you were there. Right. Absolutely. I'm going to do everything I can to be there. So passions are a wonderful thing to get. Passions are a wonderful thing to dive into and follow your dreams of serving. If you feel like you want to serve, but you haven't quite figured out where you fit in as far as serving, try different things. See what what pulls you in, what drives you. I mean, I have a friend who she has an entire nonprofit for homeless mothers. It's not battered and abused mothers or not even just single mothers. It is homeless mothers. Some of them have drug addictions. Some of them don't. Some of them are just in really difficult spaces. For whatever reason, and she can speak to that, that is her passion and that is how she got started. I was never a homeless mother. And I don't, I really don't think she ever was either. I I don't know if she met someone and that's kind of what drew her in or however. Like you hear those stories of people who do go on mission trips and they fall in love with these little babies like Lauren Aikens, Thomas Rhett Aikens and Lauren, they adopted Willa Gray. She went on a mission trip to Uganda, fell in love with this baby and did everything in her power to get her and make her hers. And that's exactly what she did. Sometimes it's just paying attention to those tugs and pulls on your heart to figure out where you belong in serving and if it's not where you belong or what your passion is you don't have to do it find the next passion use your gifts in another way right so yeah and you know I think too I think you know when you I think back up (laughs) also something you said about how your friend's ministry is really geared towards specifically homeless mothers Mm -hmm. you know she may or may not have gotten flack before well why can't you help this mother why can't you help this type of mother also not every organization has to help everybody right you know i know that uh christy and i wanted to do some things at the hospital when our boys were in the middle of treatment and we got pushback because well you can't do anything at the hospital that not everyone's invited to i'm sorry ma'am um your son with a broken arm is very different than my son receiving chemo right now, being pumped full of poison and throwing up 24-7 for a week straight at a time. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's a very large difference in that. And I'm not here to argue that there is there is or isn't, but I'm here to tell you there is a big difference in that. And, you know, the organization we were having, trying to get come to the, the hospital, painted shoes at that point, little canvas shoes, and they got to paint. The, the artist painted anything the kids wanted on them. And they were like, they're fighting shoes quote-unquote, and we were told no because we had to open up to the hospital, and that meant every patient even sitting in the ER. Absolutely not. Right. You know, and so I think we have to be careful, too, when we start getting mad. Like, 
well, why can't you help me? I'm, I, well, but I'm sure there's someone out there to help you. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure there's some organization out there trying to help kids with broken arms, okay? But it's not me, right? And I think that's okay. I think, I think we just need to be more okay with things. Yes. You know, just, just be more okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be okay. Uh, I, yes, I agree. I think that the the passion behind where you're serving and where you feel called is perfectly fine. But being okay with the fact that not everyone does it or not everyone can do it, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> That's all right. Elvis reference. <laughs> I don't know that one. You've never seen Fragger Tomatoes, so hush. <sighs> You've never heard That's All Right Mama by Elvis? Probably not. You're kidding. I don't know. Just <gasps> ring a bell. <sighs> Whatever. <laughs> That's All Right Mama. Doesn't sound familiar. What? Oh my gosh. How are we friends? <sighs> I'm just kidding. I love you. Um. Anyway. So... I don't even know what to say now. I mean, we can wrap it up. Okay. We don't want to beat it at horse. No, no. So, I think we've touched on everything as far as that topic. Follow your dreams. Share your passions. Be okay with people who don't always contribute to your passion. Because they may have one of their own. Be their cheerleader. But... Just love. Everybody just love. And just be okay. Just be okay. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much for listening. Follow, like, subscribe, share, feedback, all the things. 